Okay, I have a confession. I am a sucker for a good love story. And today, today we have a good one. Welcome to another episode of True Story Tent. I'm your host, Abdullah Al-Ma'wali. Um, so, um, I don't know where to start. So it started... Uh, so we entered and... It's the worst and the dumbest thing I've ever decided to do. I don't know, I mean... And that was kind of like the hammer on the nail. I feel it, I feel it. <laughs> Hey. Good morning, how are you? Good morning, I'm good, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Our story today comes from Nazli, a South African journalist and teacher currently living and working in Oman. Here is Nazli at a story night in Masqat. Um, I'm going to tell you guys a love story, but it's not your typical love story. Um, I'm from South Africa and I was raised in a Muslim community and I don't know if it's the same here but back home Muslim girls are expected to study hard, get a good job, find a good Muslim man and get a home five kilometers away from their parents. (laughs) Right? Am I right? (laughs) Well, I did none of that. (laughs) Um, Back in 2011 I was living in my parents' home. Um, I was working as a journalist, I had met a nice Muslim guy and everything was on track at least on paper. Uh, In reality, I felt like I was suffocating. I was like, is this it? Is this life? Am I just gonna stay in this community and do what my parents and my grandparents and the parents before them had been doing? So I decided to completely change and I found a job in South Korea and I went to teach there for a year. And it was the first time I experienced real independence. Um, I learned a new language, I immersed myself in the culture. I was living. And 10 months into it, um, I was um, on holiday with a friend in another city and we were out with some friends. And I was chatting to someone and I said to a person, wow, you have such beautiful hair. And someone turned to me and said, wow, you have such a beautiful South African accent. And it sounds so cheesy, but like, it was like the movies. Time stood still and I laid my eyes on this person and there was this instant connection. Turns out this person was from 10 kilometers away from my house in South Africa. (laughs) We went to the same university. I mean, I traveled across the world to meet someone from my hometown. Um, And it was great. We had so much in common. Um, Our values, our view on the world, what we wanted from life. There was just one huge difference. He came from a very religious, very Christian family. But it wasn't an issue. We were just getting to know each other. We had so much in common. And we just enjoyed what we had in common rather than what our differences were. It was two months before my contract was due to end. We got to know each other. We explored Korea together. And it was great. And at the end of my contract, I was supposed to, I was planning to move to Vietnam. And he was going to stay in Korea to finish his contract. And I was kind of like, okay, long distance doesn't work. Nice knowing you. Have a good life. And off I went. But the connection was really strong. We kept in contact, we Skyped, and we messaged each other. And after a couple months, he came to visit me. And that was when he said, you know, this is something real. I want to see where this goes. So I'm going to move to Vietnam. Deep, right? (laughs) It got real, real quickly. And so he did. And we fell in love. And it was beautiful. And I remember calling my mother and saying, Mom, I met this person. I met not just someone, the one. 
the one I want to spend the rest of my life with. And she was surprisingly supportive. My mother converted from Christianity to Islam to be with my dad. But then she said those six words no one in this situation wants to hear. You have to tell your dad. <laughs> so it felt like our love story was this beautiful dream and marriage was the alarm clock waking us up and bringing us back to reality. And so when my parents came to visit in Vietnam, I arranged a casual lunch and I introduced my dad to this guy as my friend. We casually set up a lunch and pretended as though we bumped into Dustin that night. And I introduced him to my dad as my friend and my dad said, sit, come and join us, let's have a meal together. And they got on really, really well. It wasn't until my dad returned to South Africa that I said, actually, this is someone that I really care about and that I'm actually dating. We told my dad that we wanted to get married. And my dad said the only way we could do that is if he converted, which is, it happens all the time in South Africa, I totally get it, but I couldn't ask someone to change their religion for me. I mean, it already moved across the globe to Vietnam. I know I'm a catch, but damn, it's a lot of pressure, right? <laughs> so it's something we battled with back and forth. What should we do? What's the right decision for us? Neither of us really wanted the other person to convert. We felt like our religion was something very sacred and something personal to us. So we did something crazy. We decided to move to Oman. Shout out to Oman. Best decision I ever made. <laughs> However, we were concerned about what it was going to be like living here as an unmarried couple. So you know what we did? We eloped. Well, we were at home in South Africa at the time and we planned to move to Oman. Um, and we were really concerned what it would be like being a couple, um, an unmarried couple living in Oman. So we decided to go to court and just sign some papers and before we even knew it, we were officially and legally married. When you got married in secret though, is it just purely for the sake of moving to Oman or did it mean something to you? Well, to this day when we celebrate our anniversary, we celebrate it on that day. And to me, definitely, I mean, it was a pledge and it was a bond and a union that was official. And we see it as the day that we got married. And it was the best thing I ever did. The, I, I was 100% certain that this was the man I wanted to spend my life with. But the reality, reality began to sink in. I hadn't told anyone, I did it in secret, and my father was gonna kill me. So we took our marriage certificate, moved to Oman, didn't tell a soul, and we started our lives here. So eventually, I had to face the music, as they say. So I did what any millennial would do. I sent my father a voice note. <laughs> yeah, not my finest moment. <laughs> Well, to be honest, maybe I was a bit of a coward. I knew that he would be very mad and I knew that it would be a confrontation, essentially. Um, and I just didn't want either of us to say something that in that moment, in the heat, that we would regret later. Mm. So I thought I would give him time to process it. And I also thought it would be best to, come, to really consider what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it and give him time to process that information before he responded. And needless to say, he was furious. I mean, I could feel his fury 
halfway across the globe. And I'll, I'll save you guys all the details, but he basically said that I had disappointed him as a Muslim and I disappointed him as a daughter. For as long as we were living in sin, he didn't want anything to do with me. And gosh, he meant it. My father didn't speak to me for a year and a half. Yeah, it was a tough time um, because I knew that I'd hurt him and that was never my intention. I just, at the time, didn't feel like I had any other option. But eventually I decided to go home and, and deal with it. I'm sure it was a very nervous period. <laughs> yes, I mean, Dustin, <laughs> I put him through a lot. I felt like I was prepared. I know my father and I know how he reacts, but I feel like Dustin wasn't ready. Um, thankfully, by the time we did meet with my father, he was very calm. Um, he was more hurt than anything. Um, he said as his eldest daughter, he just wanted to be a part of my life and a part of such a huge decision. And he felt like I um, left him out. And I completely understand. Like I said, in retrospect, I should have done it differently. And after a lot of talking, a lot of yelling, a lot of crying, we reached a compromise. My dad said that as long as this man would study Islam and understand what it means to be Muslim and understand us and our religion, and as long as we had an imam bless our union, he would welcome him into the family. That sounds very reasonable, actually. Yeah, um, I think it was the best outcome for all of us. Hmm. Um, my father has since accepted Dustin wholeheartedly into our family and things are really good. Um, Dustin is really happy and he is learning about the religion and um, it's just, it's worked out really well. It's been three years since I went to the courthouse and I'm happy to say my relationship with my dad has never been better. I'm also happy to say that my marriage was totally worth it. A lot of people focus so much on the wedding day, on planning the wedding, the dress, and not enough time on the marriage. Thank goodness my marriage turned out to be worth it. Um, and this is the husband, hi. <laughs> He's gonna hate me for doing that. <laughs> so I just wanna say thank you for believing in our love and sticking it out. And to you guys, thank you for listening to my story. I was actually really surprised um, after I told my story at True Story 10. Um, several people came up to me and said that they really um, connected with our story, that they were going through something similar. Um, not because their parents didn't approve of the person, but maybe they weren't in the same country at the time, and logistically it was hard to figure out. Just love can be so difficult. And so many people resonated with that story, so it just shows that lots of people are going through something similar. Actually, there's quite a bit of that here in Oman, and it's not necessarily um, an Omani trying to marry someone that's non-Omani, but even within Omanis themselves, we, we, we don't like to admit this because we are, we are a culture of tolerance, and I, I, I believe that. Uh, we have Omanis mm -hmm. from different backgrounds, like uh, Zanzibari mm -hmm. Omanis, Belushi Omanis, Lawati Omanis, Omani Omanis. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and we get along in pretty much every way, uh, in business, in friendship, in life. But when it comes to marriage, that's when yes. the division becomes clear, you know? 
that's when you see yeah, like I've uh, heard a lot about this. Yeah, uh, it's it's a sad thing that I've seen personally with my own friends and uh, Where do you think that stems from? What do you think is the reason behind it? Uh, I think it's less so for our current generation who are willing to marry each other. The issue is mostly with the, their parents. It's always the issue with the parents, really. Yes, of course. Um, of course. But why? I don't know. Since my conversation with Nazli, I started thinking more about this question. Why is it that we Omanis, who come from different ethnic backgrounds, get along in pretty much every aspect of life? except in marriage. What is it about marriage that reveals these underlying divisions? I have my theories as to why that may be, and I understand that this isn't necessarily an Omani-specific issue, but I'm interested to hear what you, the Omani listener, have to say. So if you have a story that relates specifically to marriage and marriage culture in Oman, or know someone who does, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter at True Story Tent, and we just might do an episode about it. Up next, I speak to Nazli's husband, Dustin, to get his perspective on their whole marriage situation. Stay tuned. Hi. Hey, Dustin. Hi, Abdullah. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, man. How are you? I'm great, thanks. The first time you went to meet Nazli's parents, you guys planned it like uh, it was an accident. Were you nervous to do that? Of course, I was incredibly nervous because I'd never met her father before. I'd spoken to her mother before, but never to her dad. And um, I'm, a, I'm the kind of person that when I meet people for the first time, I tend to be a bit bottled up. So I kind of just sat there and stared at him and he stared at me. And for a while he was like, why are you staring at me? Why don't you just say something? <laughs> but I was so nervous, I didn't know what to say. So How did it go? Uh, it went well, yeah. Um, I, we came from, I mean, because we grew up in similar communities, we knew uh, the same people, and when things were referenced, I understood what they were referencing. So, mm. because we had that commonality, it actually went really, really well. And I guess he felt assured because he knew that I, same, I came from the same community, so it kind of made things a little bit easier yeah but then Nazli yeah. came back to you and and told you at some point that her dad expects you to convert to islam if you would like this to move forward what did you think of that um i mean at the, at the time i felt very overwhelmed because um it's not something i mean it, we had spoken about it before and the fact that it might cause problems uh, into our relationship as we pursued our relationship but when it came to the point where it was like a deciding factor for that it was really really hard for me to deal with because um, a part of me was just like how could why can't you just accept me for who I am how does mm. me be converting to something else make me any different you know right yeah we discussed uh, what would be a way forward and uh, uh, it, was a, it was a very difficult time because um, we actually didn't know like w what would be the best solution because we both didn't want each other to convert for each other, mm. whether it be her to Christianity or me to Islam. So it was a bit controversial, obviously, for everyone else. And it was hard for them to accept. But mm. I mean, at the end of the day, it's our lives. So 
we need to make the decision that works best for us. <laughs> yeah, and so you did. You moved to Oman and you guys got married. You made a decision. Yes, yes, we did. We made a decision. Mm. We decided that we'd go forth. And I mean, it's not the, the kind of marriage you see in the, in the, the wedding that you see in movies or or the kind of weddings that, that young girls dream about. But Was that the kind of marriage we, that you wanted? Yes, the wedding wasn't the kind of uh, thing I imagined for my wife, but the marriage is beautiful. I mean, so many people put so much effort or, or, or concentration on the actual wedding day and not on the marriage itself. Mm. And <laughs> marriage is more than just your wedding day. It's everything that comes after the wedding day that's more important. Yeah. But eventually it was not uh, sustainable to just live in secret. So you and Nazi decided to go back to South Africa and so that she can uh, deal with it with her parents. Well, I, I could see that it was obviously the bond between you and your and your father and your mother is really important. It doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, if your parents are still around, you definitely want a relationship with your parents. And I could see that it was tearing her apart. So we made the mutual decision that she would have to go and, and talk to her dad about it. And we'd need to, to reach a consensus because that was the only way we could move forward. It wasn't sustainable for us to just be living the secret life for the rest of our lives. How about your parents? Um, my parents are, are very Christian and very religious, but my parents, because we've grown up in communities that were very mixed in terms of religion and beliefs and all of those things, my parents um, are a little bit more open, so they they were just happy that we were happy. <laughs> so when you, when you guys got married in secret, did your parents know about it? Um, I told them after the fact, and... Um, they agreed that it was important for us to get married because they didn't know, um, uh, like we, we discussed before, we weren't sure what the situation was like in Oman because mm. in our mind, in the Middle East, you can't live as a as just a couple. You need to be a married couple. So they understood the importance of it and they were happy for us. They My parents are a lot more flexible with Relaxed, I guess. I guess I was lucky in that way. Okay. So this whole experience, what's your takeaway? Um, I think the world will be a better place if everyone learns to be a little bit more tolerant of each other's beliefs. And I think that the whole thing from this experience is that it always helps to talk about things. Because if Naz and I hadn't being open about our feelings and about the way we felt about each other or what was going on in our lives in terms of her with her family, me with my family and the rest, we would have never been able to get through it or manage it. It would have just been something that would have been overwhelming. And a lot of relationships, people concentrate just on the, the, the romantic side of it and they never concentrate about, on the communication side. And communication is for me, more important than the romantic side, because if you're not on the same page, you'll never get anywhere. And that's the end of this episode. But we got more coming your way. If you like this, please rate us on Apple Podcasts, leave a comment, and tell a friend about us. 
If you'd like to reach out to Nazli, you can find her on Instagram at naz underscore abroad. And to stay up to date with everything True Story Tent, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at True Story Tent. This episode was produced by me, Abdullah Al-Ma'wali. You can find me on Instagram at Wandering Brown Guy. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you on the next one. Okay, it was a lovely chat with you. Yeah, same. Have a nice day. Thank you. Bye. Bye.